What the fuck is going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 81 of the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a bi-weekly discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. I'm your host, Tark Angry T. Benchwia, and with me today, per usual, Trey Cryan and Mitch Yates. Trey, we're getting into those 2023 running backs, man. It's been a long time coming. That's right. That's right. You know, this is uh, one of my favorite uh, pods of the year. Love talking about the rookies and especially love talking about the running back position. I mean, it's everybody's favorite position in fantasy football. So uh, yeah, I I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the 2023 class, you know, there's been hype around this class for at least like, you know, two years now. So uh, yeah, this has been a big day in the making and uh, let's uh, get right into it. Yeah, and a and a day after all of these running backs ran their forties at the combine, it's almost like we planned it. Um, I I feel like we might have planned it, but I mean, I'll take it nonetheless. It's fortuitous for sure. <laughs> yeah, happy accidents. I, I love it. Uh, running back episode. I am ready. Uh, I I will say I, I I don't know if it's everybody's favorite position, especially in dynasty. It's it's almost the forgotten position in dynasty or at least the one that expires the most quickly so these dudes here uh they're just entering the nfl so we love them here and we got a good group of running backs this year yeah we have a kind of like a wax and wane valuation to running backs in dynasty i feel like you know for a few years it was like the receivers were all the rage Uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. and even like Des Bryant and Julio Jones. And then it kind of pivoted back to running backs with, you know, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, etc. Then we went back to receivers with Justin Jefferson and, you know, Jamar Chase, etc. So, you know, who knows when that pendulum is going to swing back? I think right now, in general, everybody prefers like especially the top two receivers over any dynasty running back. But Sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I do think it is a pendulum. Um, before we get into the rookie running backs themselves, though, uh, I did mention the combine. So when we talked about wide receivers two weeks ago, um, we had not gotten combine results yet. So before we kind of move into a little bit of news and talking about the rookie running backs, I wanted to kind of rewind a little bit and just give you guys an opportunity to talk about any highlights from the combine as it pertains to the wide receiver position and if it kind of changed your valuations of any of those guys even though you know in general we kind of pay more close attention to athleticism for running backs than what we do for wide receivers yeah i didn't really have anything specific i guess from the combine i was just going to reiterate that point that you know in general i do pay a lot more attention to athleticism for the running back position than i do for wide receivers don't want to double count a wide receiver running a, a fast 40 or a slow 40 or whatever, you know? So for the wide receiver position, it only really matters to me in so far as if a guy is like so slow that they fall out of the first round, you know? Uh, but for the running backs, I mean, definitely want to look to see the explosiveness, that broad jump, that vertical, want to see the lateral agility, even though there's not a whole lot of guys still running the, uh, the shuttle anymore these days. And then of course that 40 yard dash time, but, uh, uh, Marles, I'll turn it over to you. So, yeah, I, I'm looking at, at 40 times here and nothing is too, too crazy here. I, I love that Jalen Hyatt, that Jalen Hyatt had a four, four flat. I think that just 
solidifies his uh, top three for me. Um, top Marvin three. Mims. Okay. Yeah. Top so three or top you, four? You have it. You have him ahead of Jordan Addison now? Yeah, I, I do. I told you I wanted to do it, so I'm doing it. Um, okay. Ooh, I like spicy. Marvin Mims, too, under under that 4-4 four, four at 4-3-8. Four, um, but yeah. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is Trey and I's wide receiver one, actually did not run the 40, um, but I believe he had like a historically fast agility drill, right? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Like, Wasn't it like 100th percentile? Yeah, it was three a, cone or something it was like a that. Six point five seven second three cone drill here, Dear which God. is much faster than everyone else. Yeah, he's uh, he is bursty can can run those routes in the short area. So I, I mean that's confirmation bias for me. Wide receiver one still for me. All right. Let's move on then uh, before we jump into the running backs. A couple of items of quarterback news here. The first one, Derek Carr is widely expected to sign with the Saints. It's all but confirmed for now. And then right before we started recording, Geno Smith re-signed with the Seahawks on a three-year, $100 million deal. So, you know, quick reactions to both of these quarterback signings. Carr to the Saints, Geno Smith back with the Seahawks. What do y'all think? Definitely think it's good news for both sets of wide receivers here for the Saints and for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, of course, Alave had an awesome, awesome rookie year. So, you know, he should be able to build on that with uh, Carr coming into New Orleans. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf up in Seattle, they were uh, surprisingly effective as well with Geno Smith. So good that they got him locked up. Uh, I know that this news with Carr was kind of a long time coming. Like we th- we saw this coming from a mile away, but I, I, there's some big giant question marks now for Vegas to fill at the quarterback position. And uh, yeah, I don't know if this is like a buy or a sell window for Devontae Adams yet. I haven't quite made up my mind either way. This is also good news for the quarterbacks themselves, especially in, in Dynasty here. It, it, it at least buys them one year. Um, Carr, he signed a four-year deal, so he's probably a starter for two more years, and that's yeah. probably Geno's situation too. I, I don't think that the Seahawks are going to be drafting a quarterback in this year's draft, and maybe they wait till next year to do that. So, um, yeah, it c- it could be a situation for uh, an Anthony Richardson or something like that to come in and sit for a year. Although with the the combine that Richardson just have uh, just had, Seattle might have to trade up for him. Yeah. But yeah, sure. good good for all parties involved. Running backs too. I, I I just like a more competent quarterback there for Alvin Kamara. I think his value rises here with a quarterback that can check down with the best of them in Derek Carr. Yeah, if Alvin Kamara plays football this year, but we'll see. Yeah, and not to be lost in the shuffle of all of this, but uh, Josh Jacobs did get uh, franchise tagged in Vegas as well. So um, whoever's coming in to run that offense, at least they got a running back. Yeah, I I think it's net neutral for both situations. Like, obviously, we know what to expect out of Geno Smith in Seattle. I I don't think Derek Carr is a tide that rises all boats. I think all boats are going to be pretty level there when it comes to like Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara, etc. So, you know, we'll just expect normal progression uh, out of Olave. Uh, which is why he is a top five dynasty wide receiver, in my opinion. All right, let's go ahead and kick off this first half. Again, we're talking about the 2023 rookie running back class. And Mitch, I mean, we have to start with this guy, right? We have to. He's the man, Bijan Robinson, out of Texas, Hook'em, 5'11 junior. 
Uh, he's going to be drafted in the first round this year, and he absolutely should be. He's a stud. He's the next it running back in the NFL. And we touched on this uh, earlier in earlier episodes. He is the number 101 of running backs, and he's still my 1.01 in rookie drafts, despite whatever the quarterback situation is going to be. His tape is an absolute joy to watch. He's got speed, power, size, hands, and I just think there's a great chance that Bijan hits his full potential sooner than later, and he's going to dominate fantasy leagues. Like, if you have the mentality of, I need to see him play first in the NFL before I rank him at number one, then you're already so far behind because you got to get in now, and Bijan Robinson's the guy. I think the hype is real. He looks to me like CMC, Christian McCaffrey, but bigger. And I, I think that he's going to get you that kind of output to all, all sales. The, th- the thing about Bijan Robinson that I just, I love the most is just what a downfield pass catching weapon this guy is. Like he can run wheel routes. He can run like crossing routes over the middle, like out routes, like short slants. Like the dude is a huge running back. I mean, he's big running back. He's not huge, but he's also a, a, uh, deadly like a wide receiver weapon as well so the guy can do it all and really really excited to see him at the next level i don't think there's a whole lot else to say about Bijan robinson that hasn't already been said there was that catch against alabama where he just turned around snagged it out of the air and full stride looked like a wide receiver dude it can just ball sorry Tarek, go ahead Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, he just turned 21, so that's obviously great. You know, I I don't have too much to add here. I will say, like, Trey, you know, you mentioned how big he is. He actually weighed in a little bit smaller than I thought he would. I thought he was more of about like a 220 to 225 pound back. He weighed in at 215, which puts his his BMI right at 30. So, you know, athletically, he's not Saquon Barkley or anything. He's essentially like... Brees Hall athletically um but yeah just like an elite profile you know five-star recruit you know played up to that standard when he was in Texas um so don't have much to add RB1 in Dynasty seems to be the consensus I'll ask you know three quick value questions for y'all would y'all rather have Bijan Robinson or CD Lamb Robinson yeah uh game yeah Bijan too yeah. Okay. So that's where the in one QB, that's kind of where the line is because I think everybody would pretty much rather have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase over Bijan Robinson, but then you have Bijan coming in at RB1 followed by CeeDee Lamb. Um, so Bijan or, or whoever your tight end one is, whether that's Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Bijan, uh, Bijan Robinson for sure. Okay. And final one. I think over the first cluster of quarterbacks, you'll probably take them over Bijan. So I tried to find a line here: Bijan Robinson or Dak Prescott in a superflex league. It's Bijan, yeah, Bijan. <laughs> Snap. I think it, it uh, maybe a little bit higher up the list. Uh, Justin Fields is interesting to me. That's where I start to at I least would, sweat. I would definitely take Justin Fields. I would definitely take Justin Fields over Bijan Robinson. Yeah, That's- I think there's an argument the other way, but I I think I agree with you too. Okay. All right, Trey, why don't you uh, move us on to our next guy here? All right, the consensus RB2. Give me Jameer Gibbs, uh, junior running back out of Alabama. He did play his first two years at Georgia Tech before transferring to the Crimson Tide. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Dynasty consensus RB2, I agree with that as well. He grades very highly in my running back prospect model. And if you put him in last year's class, he would have been right behind Kenneth Walker uh, pre-draft um, in my rankings. So looking at NFL mock draft database, they project uh, Jameer Gibbs to be drafted in the early second round. So we really like that uh, high day two draft cap. He's a little bit smaller. He's 5'9", 199 pounds, so 29.4 BMI. Uh, you'll definitely hear comps to guys in the pros like Eckler and McCaffrey. And obviously those are going to be more upside cases, right? But they're going to be examples of these smaller running backs that can get it done in fantasy for you. Uh, he did make up for that smaller size by running a 4.3640, which gave him a 91st percentile speed score. So that is very, very nice. On the production side, uh, so because he is a little bit smaller, there's going to be people that argue that that doesn't really translate to a three-down runner in the NFL. But if you look at his college dominator at Bama, it was 25%, which is pretty damn good. And that's in the SEC at one of the best teams in the nation. So that's better than some of the recent prospects out there like James Cook, who's only 16%. Damian Pierce from last year is only 22%. And if you look at the receiving profile of Jameer Gibbs, I mean, that's really where he gets it done. He's truly elite with a 14.7% college target share. He had 44 catches uh, for 444 receiving yards uh, his junior year at Bama. So yeah, he is definitely a pass catching weapon. Uh, all of that goes with his uh, film score grade from Lance Zerline of a 6.37 which is a pretty damn good grade. That puts him in the same yeah. ballpark as Brees Hall, uh, who was a 6.38, Kenneth Walker the third, who was a 6.35 from last year. So, I mean, that's Lance Erline, who we all you know love and, and know as basically saying that he's eventually going to be a plus start in the NFL. So that's a pretty strong endorsement there. I definitely think he belongs to the RB2 in this class. I don't think he should make it past 106 in your Superflex rookie draft at the latest. I'm totally fine if you want to take him over Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston at this point. And yeah, because he comps to Austin Eckler and, and that's the guy who I'm going to comp him to. I do think there's a little bit of a risk here about landing spot. You know, like he definitely needs to land in the right situation with the right coaching staff. who's going to use him the right way to maximize that potential to get that RB one season out of him. But I'm confident that that's going to happen. And, and I'm willing to make that bet today. If we were doing our, our draft today. Man, I don't even know if I need him to hit that landing spot because guys this fast, 4.36 running backs with with uh, catching ability. It's I mean, fast, man. This, this guy's got RB1 written all over him. And yeah, I, I'm excited about this class of running backs. I'm very excited about Gibbs. And uh, I think I'm right in line with you too. This is going to be a big agree fest because I think you do take him before the wide receivers, Addison or Johnston. So yeah, I, I, I don't know about the Eckler comp, I guess. I, I just, I, I feel like he's just faster than Eckler was, yeah, but I, I, I see, I guess I see kind of the, the same, the same wiggle there, but no, I, if, if he hits, he's going to hit extremely hard with that home running ability, even if he's part of a bit of a, um, a committee there. So really, wherever he lands, uh, I, I'm a big fan of this player. That, that's a fair comment, dude. I mean, uh, Eckler was a late round guy, so he's a tough dude to comp to. He's also super, super fucking strong, yeah, you know, he's and rocked. 
Rocked yeah, and, up. and Gibbs, you know, he's going to have to definitely hit another year in the weight room or two uh, mm-hmm. to get up to that point. But um, yeah, I think that's the upside and I'm, I will stick by that. Yeah, I feel like the comp I always hear for Gibbs over like the last year, essentially, ever since he kind of transferred into Alabama. And so everybody started talking about him a lot. I know more. What you're going to say I can, Alvin Kamara, right? Oh, I was no, it's, guess it's Alvin Kamara. And, and that's Kamara. I think Lance Lance Zerline has him as an Alvin Kamara comp on on uh, the NFL.com page. I hear people always mention Alvin Kamara, but I think everyone tends to forget that Alvin Kamara is like a full 215. Like he's he's much bigger than you think he is, given yeah. kind of his his role as like more of a pass catching back. Um, obviously, I think Gibbs, I, I have him as my RB2, too. I'm right there with consensus. Would love to see him like in a 15 high value touch role like Kamara, like where Eckler was last year, not as much uh, in 2021 because Eckler was getting maybe a little bit too much work back then. Um, But Aaron Jones kind of also has that high value 15 touch roll per game, et cetera. But, you know, like Trey said, Gibbs, he's going to get round two capital like it's a for sure thing. And I think he's got a better production profile than a lot of guys who come in around his size, especially at the SEC. So, you know, he size wise, maybe comps a little bit closer to like a James Cook, um, but obviously much better uh, production. So, yeah, Gibbs RB2 for me as well. Yeah, James Cook, that's a fair comp. But, uh, you know, James Cook, right? He was, I think he was round three last year, uh, drafted. End to of Buffalo. round two. End, End of round two. two. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, right now Gibbs is projected to go early round two, but, you know, who knows how that'll end up. Um, he is a much, much better prospect in my view than James Cook, but I agree, For similar sure. sort of size and athleticism. All right. So let's move on to uh, this third running back, and I'll go ahead and take the lead here with Zach Charbonnet. UCLA Bruin who spent his first two years in the Big Ten at Michigan. Uh, So from an athletic measurable standpoint, uh, just coming out of the combine measured in at six foot, 214 pounds. So, you know, maybe a little bit skinny, but I do think he plays at a bigger weight. Um, I, I feel like watching him on film, he looks like a bigger, more physical player than, you know, six foot, 214, maybe plays closer to 220. Um, he might have he might have had to ca- kind of cut a bit to improve his speed numbers at the combine where he was able to run a four five three. So that backed him into a solid 71st percentile speed score. And then the 37 inch vertical and 10 foot two broad jump demonstrated uh, some pretty good burst as well. Production-wise, he broke out as a true freshman at Michigan, producing over 700 yards rushing. That garnered him a lot of hype in Debbie leagues. And then his production kind of slowed down in 2020. A lot of that was due to the COVID-shortened season in the Big Ten, but also because he really wasn't getting as much work as we might have expected coming out of that true freshman season. So as a junior, he transferred to UCLA, and he put up back-to-back great seasons As a senior, he tallied over 1,300 rushing yards and also 37 receptions. Uh, So that's great to see. And this is all while missing the final three games of the season. So was kind of primed to go over that 1,500 rushing yard clip uh, if he didn't get injured there at the end. So, you know, with Zach Charbonnet, after diving into his production and athletic profile, I think he's pretty intriguing. And it's kind of easy to see why right now he's the consensus running back three behind Bijan and Gibbs, who we've already talked about. He's got three down potential. He's physical enough to carry an NFL load, and he does not fumble the ball. He takes care of it really well. 
Yeah, so what I'm reading about him on film from guys like Lance Zerline and Dane Brugler is that he doesn't always see the field super well and he struggles to run in tight lanes. So that seems like it could be a pretty big issue translating to the next uh, level, but interested what Mitch thinks on film there. Final thing I'll say about Zach Charbonnet, mock draft database has him as a mid-second round pick right now. I think he could fall to the third and that, that would hurt his value a little bit in my evaluations, but assuming he gets that second round draft capital, he's locked into RB3 for me as well. Yeah, Tarek, here's your Eckler comp right here. Uh, not just because he's wearing blue and gold, but uh, he's he's got he's got a just center of gravity that is is very unique to uh, to Eckler in, in the same way where he's just got that sort of uh, bowling ball wiggle where like the change of direction and the the soft hands that that he has it almost looked like he defies gravity in a lot of way defies physics in the way that he can cut because like he's just he's he's thick. And he's he's big, and um, I don't know. He, he's he's just he's fun to watch, and he's just he's faster than he looks. He's got better hands than he looks, and I can see why teams might make him a second or third round pick. Um, I he might take a little bit longer to develop than some of the other guys, but I'm excited for this guy. Yeah, I guess. Uh- I'm trying to understand the Eckler comp and I, and I feel like our listeners might wince a little bit because Eckler's like usually a guy we'd comp to somebody who's like very small and Zach Charbonnet is not that. So can you expand a little bit more on like, what exactly is it about Zach Charbonnet that reminds you of Eckler, even though their bodies are like very different? Because I, I, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, the, the jersey color didn't do it for you. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> the color so of the helmet, obviously. It's, that's, I thought you'd get it. No, I, it's the way that they stick their foot in the ground. They have very similar wiggles. They have uh, like a patience with the ball. And again, like Eckler being small, um, he just has that sort of um eye bending cut that you just you see him change direction in a way that is unique that I see Zach Charbonnet do as well. Um like he he's thick, right? But he's not um he he moves like he's small. So I don't know. I, I see them run very similarly and again with the uh with the pass catching ability too um I'm I'm thinking you're gonna get similar output um fantasy wise. So same type of player, not necessarily the same type of body. I want to I want to gotcha. say this about Charbonnet. He did himself a lot of favors over the weekend at the combine. He put up a one twenty three point nine burst score, which is almost tied with uh, the one hundred one in this class, Bijan Robinson. So he is very very bursty, even if he may be a little bit of a upright runner um, on film. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my model really likes this guy as well. I have him in my top four. Uh, Tarek, you did mention he's consensus RB3. I actually checked uh, Dynasty League Football, the DLF rank before this. So Charbonnet is down to four on DLF. And uh, oh, okay. so so I've got Charbonnet at four. There's another guy that I have just ahead of him. We'll get to him in a minute. But no, I mean, there's actually a lot of like good value here in these top four picks. I think, you know, depending on where Charbonnet ends up, it, say he is a round two pick, he could very well be, you know, worth that late first in your rookie draft come uh draft day yeah got it when when i say consensus i'm usually referring to keep trade cut you're rounding pretty pretty 
pretty firmly at running back three ahead of guys like Zach Evans and Devon a chain and other guys we're going to talk about later. But that's when I say consensus, I'm, 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 I'm taking like the, the values from the, the general population, which I, which I'm a little bit more inclined to believe keep trade cut than DLF, which is definitely a smaller sample. And fair enough. And the, the other thing was, you know, we were texting about this before the, the show started, but uh, yeah, I mean, Sharp's, we think could have that third down potential, but he did, you know, weigh in with uh, the six foot two fourteen. So that's only a twenty nine BMI, uh, which you know he doesn't hit that thirty point cutoff that we usually like to see for a third uh, three down roll. So there are some question marks there, but you know we can't make that same excuse for everybody. So I, you know, that's all to say, um, I agree with the projection of him as a day two pick and i like him there in the top four of this uh running back class oh show all right let's move on to our next guy here just a quick recap we have Bijan robinson jameer gibbs and zach charbonnet are the three guys we've talked about mitch who's going to be dude number four here uh we're going to old mississippi to talk about zach evans Dude transferred from TCU, and uh, he wanted to play against some SEC defenses, so guys like us would like him more and grade him higher. <laughs> it worked. Uh, it worked. He's uh, 5'11", uh, 202 pounds, and his stats aren't going to uh, rock your socks off. He had a 28.2 BMI, 24.3% uh, college dominator. Uh, he did have 6.8 yards per carry, though. Um yeah, so he, what I liked more about him was his burst on film. Uh, the dude can get up to speed extremely fast, and he hits the hole well. Uh, he doesn't have that top, top-end speed, but he does get there quickly. So uh, he runs through people, and that's, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him go around people a little more often because I know he can but I've also noticed that this sets up for later in the game. Instead of running through defenders, he fakes like he's going to and goes around them for touchdowns. And uh, I just I like his style. He can break leg tackles well. And um, I think he's projected to go more fourth round. But yeah, day three, fourth. Round. Yeah, I, I don't know. He he kind of reminds me of getting excited about. Dudes like um, Kenneth Gainwell, where yeah. um, or who's another guy? Even Pollard, the guy that um, he's comped to. I think that like he could latch on and generate a role for himself. I don't think he's going to be like doing much for you fantasy wise out of the gates, but he's definitely a guy that has that that burst that's going to keep him relevant fantasy wise. Like. Uh, I don't know. Fast dudes that if they catch on could be like Pacheco or Gainwell. I I like him. I don't love him. He's right yeah. around like running back five or six for me. Yeah, there's there's a couple things in there. So the Pacheco comp is a little bit tough because Pacheco was like a, a 40 time burner. Right. And this guy, you know, he did not have the, the best uh, 40 time. His uh, speed score, Zach Evans speed score came in at 96.7. So out outside the top 80th percentile. But he did have super, super impressive lateral testing. He had a uh, 3.91 20-yard shuttle at the Combine over the weekend, which is good for the 100th percentile. So uh, 
the dude has got some quicks. He is extremely yeah. uh, lateral agile, agile, which is uh, definitely going to translate well. There, there's a couple things that drop him out of that top tier for me, that top tier of the four guys that we've um, that we've mentioned three of so far. Uh, one is the um, collegiate target share of 6.9%. Uh, so that's you know not great. I'd like to see that closer to 10% for me to really get excited about his pass catching prospects at the next level. Uh, and then of course the other is the draft capital, the projected day three, but um, you know, we'll see what happens there. So yeah, yeah. I like the Tony Pollard comp. Uh, Evans is sort of the top of that next tier for me after uh, Robinson Gibbs, Charbonnet and a chain. Yeah. Uh, Evans is also my running back five. Um, I, I do like to see that he transferred into the sec yeah. and proceeded to have his best season uh, as a college player. You know, th- this is also, it's worth mentioning. We've we've mentioned Lance Zerline grades a couple of times. The reason, by the way, just to give the audience a little bit of context, is um, Lance Zerline grades uh, tend to be, as far as running back metrics go, among the most predictive we have in terms of translating success to the next level. So Zach Evans is actually Lance Zerline's third-ranked prospect in yep. this class with a grade of 6.25. Um, so that's a big endorsement, you know, 5'11", 202. So he's not big, but, he, you know, he's got some size to him. And I think he, like Mitch mentioned, extremely you know, quick, extremely bursty, which showed up with that, uh, that 20 yard shuttle. And he ran, um, a four, five, one, um, which that's extremely fast, by the way, that's he's, he's going to be able to hang with NFL athletes from a speed perspective. I will say that I, I believe he's fast, even faster than that. Like what I see on tape is more of like Mm -hmm. a four, four guy. Right. And, you know, Mitch mentioned the Isaiah Pacheco comp. I think that's decent. Like Trey said, Pacheco ran extremely fast, uh, but Pacheco was also a something right. Pacheco was also a seventh round pick, right? So there, there could be some balancing here. If, uh, if Evans creeps into the third round ends up being, you know, an early fourth round pick, et cetera. So yeah, right now he's my running back five, um, for what it's worth. Also, uh, Noah Hills, who does a lot of advanced efficiency metrics in his Bay ratings, his yards per carry plus, et cetera. Uh, a lot of those metrics really favorably portray Zach Evans. So that's kind of another tick in his, his, his box for me. For sure. Yeah. yeah the Pacheco comment was mostly to bring up that he's very fast and a player that's very fast is going to have, uh, just an an extra opportunity in the NFL to become part of the game plan there, and th- yeah, and one more aside about Pacheco, Mitch, and I'll, I'll. But what's interesting is Pacheco is a guy who ran extremely fast at the combine, and then when we saw him in the NFL, like he didn't look as fast as that time, right? Like Chris Harris calls him typewriter feet. Mm-hmm. He kind of like takes a while to get up to speed. I don't think that's Zach Evans, right? Like right. Zach Evans can get up to speed fast. He plays faster on film uh, than you might expect. Yeah. And I wanted to justify one more point uh, about Gainwell because Gainwell had a ton of catches in college as where Zach Evans didn't. But right. Zach Evans uh, did show good hands. And I think that just because of like his skill set, I think that that's going to have to become more part of his game in the NFL. 
So it's a little like jump into conclusions here, um, expecting him to be able to make that adjustment. But this is a guy that I'm okay betting on, especially if I'm getting second round rookie draft value for him. Yeah. Uh, because if if that part of his game like comes to fruition here, he he's gonna be a fucking good fantasy player. Yep, Zach Evans. He's got a mat with conclusions on it mm-hmm. that you can jump to. Mm-hmm. But before we move on, <laughs> Tarek, you All said, right. man, you, that was that was a great joke to end the segment, Trey. But I guess keep going. He wants it to was, talk it was, about it was Pacheco a pretty good joke. You're doing some grading on a curve today because I just heard you say four five one was very fast. So there, there's a lot of grading on a curve happening these days, and I just want to call that out because that's it's fine. It's not very fast. It's fine. It's fast. <laughs> four five one is plenty fast. It's seventieth it's percentile. So it's it's a passing. Yeah, it's it's above average, right? I said Zach Charbonnet seventy first percentile speed score. Like that's pretty good, right? You know, with with Zach Evans, the reason I'm saying it's plenty fast enough from a testing perspective is because I have the firm belief that when I watch Zach Evans play, he's he's very fast, right? So if I see somebody and I don't feel like I see that top end speed on tape and then they come in and run a four, five, eight, then I'll be a little bit more like skeptical about it. So yeah, maybe you can call that grading on a curve. I call it like understanding testing with a little bit of context. I, I think it's uh, maybe he showed up at the combine with a little bit of a hangover, like uh, that one tight end uh, that ended up in Houston <laughs> a couple years ago. Uh, what was that guy's name again? Yeah, guys I don't, I don't know the context of that story. I could rattle on some Houston tight ends, but I, I don't know if it would be the right one. Oh my god, the, he was like the rookie from two years ago. He had like, was it Aikens? No, it was the one that we uh, Mitch was like, oh, he's so athletic, and I was like, he just had the worst. Oh, Brevin Jordan, Brevin, Brevin Jordan, you. Jordan. That's yeah. yeah. Jesus Gosh, Christ! Yeah. I'm like, no. yeah, the most the, the most athletic tight end in the history of the NFL. Twentieth percentile athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> Mike check. It is halftime. And like I did two weeks ago, we actually don't have a halftime segment because we got to keep rolling through these 2023 running back prospects. Trey, take us on to the next guy. All right. All right. So Sean Tucker, who junior from Syracuse, which is in the ACC, by the way, in case you weren't uh, sure about what conference the Syracuse uh, University is in, but Sean Tucker, uh, he's a junior. He had a pretty good year, sophomore year, his junior year. He had 1,496 yards rushing as a sophomore for 14 total touchdowns and 20 catches. And then he was a little bit worse than that as a junior. 1,060 yards rushing, 13 total touchdowns. He did improve in the pass catching category with 36 catches. So there's another tier for me, like I already mentioned, Zach Evans, I think Tucker is kind of right there after Zach Evans in that third tier, uh, you know, after a chain, after Charbonnet. So DLF has him right now at running back five. Um, I would put him at, as my running back six, uh, behind Zach Evans. And yeah, I mean, my, my running back model, it just, it ranks Tucker similar to guys, uh, that we had last year, like Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier. Right. So Right now, he's projected to go in uh, the fourth round, uh, according to the NFL mock draft database. Uh, let's see, athleticism. All right, so Sean Tucker, five foot nine, two hundred seven pounds. So he actually hits that thirty uh, BMI cutoff that we look for. He's got thirty point six BMI, which is definitely enough body mass for a full NFL workload. 
Uh, he did not test at the combine though. So I think there are legitimate concerns about Sean Tucker potentially being a little bit of a plotter at the next level. And that's evidenced by his college uh, yards per carry, which is 5.1 yards. Uh, from production context, uh, his college dominator at Syracuse was 32.3%, which is pretty good. And he, he uh, paired that with a 15.8% college target share. Uh, so he's a capable pass catcher. I wouldn't say he is a difference maker like guys we talked about, like Charbonnet and Gibbs, though. And then his Lance Zerline grade of 6.10. Again, that puts him in that same ballpark as Tyler Algier from last year. So the film grade included the quote that, okay, yeah, he's got some good lateral quickness, which is something that we like to see. That's something that we saw translate with a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, who was a lot bigger than Tucker. But that Lance Zerline grade of 6.1, that means he's more of a good backup with the potential to develop into a starter material. So I definitely don't think Sean Tucker belongs at the top of this class. I would start thinking about him as like early third round in your rookie draft territory. He kind of looks like what uh, our guy Jacob Sanderson calls a uh, quote, a competent plotter where it's, he's sort of the guy that you can count on if your starter gets hurt to come in and give you reliable reps. And that's definitely like a, underrated archetype for your running back handcuffs. So, so my comp for Sean Tucker would be Tyler Algier from last year, but a little bit smaller than Algier. So they're both likely day three picks. They had a full workload in college versus non-elite competition. You know, Algier was in at BYU versus Sean Tucker in the ACC and then just, you know, average measurables, right? So not a whole lot jumping off the, the spreadsheet there, but um, I think he's a solid pick, but I wouldn't really be reaching for him until the beginning of the third round. Yeah, I, I love the Tyler Algier comp. I think it's perfect for his style of play and like, you know, a little bit more of a compiler, right? Than like somebody who jumps off the page analytics wise or jumps off the screen film wise. The thing about Tyler Algier, right, that we have to remember is that the Atlanta Falcons were actually like one of the best rushing offenses in the league. Extremely efficient. Extremely efficient. Arthur Smith schemed the shit out of that running game, much to the chagrin of the dynasty managers of (laughs) Kyle Pitts and Drake London, right? So like just if we're comping him to Tyler Algier as like a median range outcome for Sean Tucker, we'd also have to hope that he lands in a efficient situation in order to kind of reach just that median outcome, right? So obviously the higher range of the outcome, maybe it could be a little bit better than Algier, right? Just from a talent perspective. But with the Algier comp, I want to like temper expectations even more just because the Falcons were such a good situation for Algier to land in. It was, yeah. Tarek, I'm very glad you brought that up, too, because I was going to bring up my reacts to the Tyler Algier comp as well. And I remember watching Tyler Algier um, last year and being like, I mean, he's OK. He's OK right. at everything he does. Like he he had a he had that dog in him. Sure. But like he was he was OK at like he was kind of above slightly above average speed he could run over you uh he'd get that 3.5 yards of carry every single time you know like a dude that you're like okay well he's going to go to the nfl be part of a committee and maybe it'll work out and that's exactly how i feel about sean tucker 
Like it, it, like you said, he could end up in a situation where he does some some fantasy good, but for most of the time, a Tyler Algier lands in the NFL and he's just kind of on the back end of a roster somewhere, and maybe he gets a, an opportunity. And so, yeah, a third round pick running back in your um, if he's a third round pick, I'm sorry, in your rookie draft, then right. Absolutely. That's that's what you're looking for. Running backs that might get an opportunity to start that aren't that bad. But yeah. I don't think he's much more than that. Exactly. And and I don't think he's going to come in and be like a day one starter anywhere in the league. Right. Like I think if, you know, somebody's got a hole at running back that big, they're going to fill it in with like a free agent or a higher round draft pick. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Tyler Algier his only competition coming into Atlanta was Cordero Patterson, who ended up getting hurt and missing, you know, more than half the year anyway. Right. So, um, you know, things really worked out for Algier in a way where it's very possible that we see Sean Tucker, who's projects as a very capable backup, you know, come into the league and be buried for a season and a half before he actually goes and starts producing. You just got to know that that's what you're getting with a guy like Sean Tucker based on what we know today. Uh, but, you know, I think there's enough pieces there. There's enough history of production to believe that, you know, some of that production is going to translate to the next level. Yeah. Sean Tucker's running back five in the 2023 class on keep trade cut. Uh, where did you say he was for DLF trade? Uh, on DLF, he is also RB five. I've got him down to uh, six. Yeah, I've got him at seven. So if we were drafting uh, running, if we were dra- doing a rookie draft today, uh, you know, according to consensus, uh, we might be a little bit behind on Sean Tucker. I got uh, him at eight. There you go. You got him at eight. So, all right, we're all behind. All right, let's move on to this next guy, and that is Devon A-Chain Jr. out of Texas A&M. This was a guy, A-Chain, who was brought up a lot a year ago whenever the Isaiah Spiller conversations were raging because A-Chain was the efficient Aggie running back in Spiller's sophomore and junior year that guys like Noah Hills and others uh, would kind of use as a as an opportunity to how you say shit on Isaiah Spiller. So A-Chain, his athletic me- measurables, he is small. He is 5'9", 188 pounds, but he is also quite fast. 4'3", 33-inch vertical at the combine, a slight disappointment from a burst perspective, but 4.32 speed is very fast. Um, A-Chain, I think he's a satellite back through and through, and I think a good play caller can get a lot out of him. From a production standpoint, in his first two years at A&M, A-Chain was very efficient, eclipsing seven yards per carry in both seasons. And then uh, as a sophomore, he really demonstrated his value in the passing game, collecting, you know, 24 passes, which is not a lot, but for 261 yards. So hyper efficient on his touches. And then after the departure of Spiller in his junior season, A-Chain became the feature back for the Aggies, touching the ball over 23 times per game. And as you would expect, his efficiency did take a pretty big hit with that big increase in volume dipping down to 5.6 yards per carry and 5.3 yards per reception. Lance Zerline, his film evaluation of A-Chain says that he played bigger than his size and with fearlessness in college. And to be fair, as an Aggie, he did that in the SEC. 
Now, I am not quite sure he can afford that same kind of fearlessness in the NFL. And as a dynasty manager, I would be a little worried about drafting a player with a ceiling that looks like more of like a complimentary slashing back. But, you know, if he kind of like we were talking about with Gibbs earlier, if he's able to land in a position where he's getting 12 to 15 very high value touches, then obviously uh, he could be going up my ranks a little bit. I have him at running back four right now. Now, Mock Draft Database has him going at the end of the second round. So a guy we mentioned earlier in James Cook, I think A-Chain's profile reads like a slightly smaller but more productive James Cook. What do y'all think? I like him better than I liked James Cook at this time. Oh, Um, yeah. I I think... I mean, look, this, what, what do you do? A 4 3 2, 4 3 1, uh, 40, like had the fastest of, of the running backs. And it shows on the field, too. I mean, he can absolutely fly. So, yeah, he's fast. So, you know, uh, I, I thought James Cook looked a lot slower in the NFL. And I don't think that, that a chain is, a chain is going to do that. So, Wherever he goes, um, I don't expect him to be the three-down back. But, you know, if he gets, like we talked about earlier, 10, 15 meaningful touches a game, he's going to be a fantasy nightmare. So, um, yeah, I, I'm i excited for this guy. He is my running back four. Um, and, yeah, this dude is good. You've got Charbonnet ahead of him? I do. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be in, uh, on an Island here. I do have a chain as my RB three in this class. I think he's worthy of that late first round pick. Uh, I love that production profile, especially because it did come in the sec. And, uh, you mentioned the fact that like, okay, yeah, he's a little bit smaller. That doesn't translate to a three down role in the, uh, in the NFL. And, you know, we just had this conversation about Gibbs that, Okay, if you know he ends up in the right situation, then you know he can still be a viable fantasy weapon. Let's not forget his junior year at A and M. A chain had a forty percent college dominator. That was better than Gibbs's twenty five percent. That was better oh, yeah. than that was better than Charbonnet's thirty point six percent, and that was better than Bijan Robinson's thirty six point eight percent. So he did carry that full workload at A and M as a junior. That entire offense basically went through him. And yeah, he did, you know, only put up 5.6 yards per carry, but that's against, you know, these future D linemen and linebackers from uh, Georgia and Bama and what have you. Right. So, yeah, I think he's worthy of that late first in your rookie draft or your early second round pick. And I really like him, man. The guy just he he analytically, I think the film grade, it, it all lines up and says this is a solid, solid prospect. Yeah, he's he's going to be an interesting one. Like, well, obviously, once we get landing spot and draft capital to kind of rank amongst uh, the wide receivers we talked about last week, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear you like his production profile, obviously, you know, much better than uh, the guy I brought up in James Cook. I mean, yeah, Gibbs. Let me just say, like, Gibbs. BMI of 29.4 versus a chain BMI of 27.8. So Gibbs is significantly bigger. And, you know, that's why we all have, you know, one of the reasons why we all have Gibbs ranked pretty significantly ahead of a chain. But yeah, I mean, again, like kind of like what Trey said earlier, I don't want to grade on a curve. I don't want to knock a chain for being small and kind of give 
a little bit of leeway to guys like Zach Charbonnet, who maybe came in a little bit smaller than I expected. Right. So, you know, it's a fair, it's a fair thing to bring up. I'm excited about a chain. I hope he lands in a good situation and I hope, you know, we get to see him demonstrate that explosiveness that he showed uh, every Saturday in the sec. Any final thoughts on a chain? Yeah. And I'll just say it's extremely close between him and Charbonnet for me. So this is just, I don't want to get caught up into like small differences here because they are like one, you know, three a and three B for me. They're right there next to each other. Trey. And I'm glad you said that because when you pushed me asking if uh, Charbonnet was three, you know, they they're right there for me and I had to make a split decision. Like, yeah, I guess, but they're, they're definitely three a and three B. Cool. Yeah. I have a little bit of separation right now for Charbonnet ahead of A-Chain, but that's also kind of based on Charbonnet kind of projected mid-second round right now, A-Chain more late second round. So these things can change, obviously. All right, let's move on to our next guy here. Mitch, take it away. All right, I got Kendra Miller from TCU. He's 5'11", 215 pounds, junior, uh, 30 BMI and he's rookie running back number eight on player profiler and seventh on DLF. He's pretty big. He's not huge, but he's got some twitch. Uh, Last year he had 1,399 rush yards on 224 carries on his way to that coveted second place trophy for the national title. Uh, 6.2 yards per carry as a junior, 24.9% dominator. So he's just kind of middle of the road and on that tape, I know we just talked about Tyler Algier, but that's exactly how I felt watching Con- Kendra Miller's tape. He does everything pretty well. He fights for extra yards and falls forward, and so I feel like he's a little bigger and a little faster, but uh, he's just not going to rip the top of a defense off. I feel like he's about to go in the fourth or fifth round, and same as Algier, I think he'll latch on wherever he goes and just carve out a committee role and that's always good to have on the end of any fantasy bench, but not expecting a whole lot more than that. I, I think definitionally, Kendry Miller is not bigger than Tyler Algier. Like Algier is is like probably I think like weighed in about ten yard or ten pounds heavier than than Miller did. Yeah, but I, I can see where you could kind of make that comparison because. You know, in the Lance Zerline profile for Kendry Miller, and I did see this when watching Kendry Miller, like he plays big, like he plays physical. He looks big like when like and maybe that's because he's running against big 12 defenses who are small. I don't know. But like I I just wanted to like throw that out there because I feel like a lot of the time Kendry Miller kind of has this reputation out there in the dynasty ether uh, of being a big running back. And he's six foot two fourteen. He just you know? he looks right. big, so. man. And he plays big. And you you hit the nail on the head. He just plays big. A thirty point zero BMI. So he hits the cutoff that we like, but like that does not mean that he's in the same conversation as guys like Algier, Ramondre Stevenson, the real big boys yeah. that have come in and and you know laid some wood at the next level. Uh so you know there's a couple things going against Kendra Miller for me. I don't Honestly, so right now DLF has him as their RB7 in this rookie class. I've got him as my RB11. So there's like, I'm a pretty big difference between where I'm at and I guess the overall dynasty community. I think you guys are closer to me. Yep. I got him at RB12. So I actually hate him more than you do, (laughs) Drake. There you go, man. But um, 
Yeah, so I don't really know, I guess, where the hype is coming from. Maybe it's because TCU went on that run, you know, deep into the playoffs. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's not a pass catching profile here. Like Mitch said, only a 5.4% college target share. And he did not grade out well in his Lance Zerline grade. He had a 5.97. So he does not project to be a starter at the next level. So, I mean, this looks like potentially a career backup a decent upside handcuff, uh, but I would not be reaching for him before potentially like the end of the third round at the earliest in my rookie draft. Yeah. I mean, I guess he kind of reminded me of how I felt about Brian Robinson at the time though, too. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's certainly a chance for him to carve out a role. I, I just, you know, I'm not betting on him, but again, well, that's what you do with these third round rookie draft picks. And and B Rob, I think, had a slightly better production profile just getting the usage he did at Bama. And he also went third round and, and Miller's projected as a day three guy right now. So, you know, if if he slips up into the third round, then great. But, you know, right now he's projected to be round four, round five. Yeah, the trade-off with Brian Robinson was that he was a five-year player at Bama right. versus Kendra Miller being uh, coming out just after three years. So there's a bit of trade-off there. I see where the comp is uh, in terms of like you know his play style. Um, I think I would have, last thing I will say on Kendra Miller, I, I really wish he would have at least done some agility scores at uh, the combine because I think his reputation is that while he plays big, he's also pretty agile uh, with his size. So he's not like Trey said, he's not Ramondre Stevenson, who was like a 230 plus guy who put up like amazing agility numbers. Right. Um, but, you know, if if Kendra Miller would have come in and he would have ran, you know, plus agility numbers, then I think I would be a little bit more excited about his profile. But right now, pending draft capital. Yeah, I've got him outside of my top 10 rookie running backs. All right, Trey, let's move on. We got two more guys to get through. Uh, who do you got? All right, so this guy is Tank Bigsby. So there's a lot of name recognition recognition here. Uh, junior out of Auburn, so another SEC guy. Uh, he exploded on the scene uh, back in his freshman year with 834 rushing yards and five total touchdowns. Uh, he built on that a little bit statistically his sophomore year, but overall I think his sophomore season was kind of a bust because it was like not so great on a yards per carry basis. He had, uh, you know, 1,099 yards rushing, uh, but averaged less than five yards per carry. Uh, he did score 10 touchdowns and and had 21 catches to go with that, and then didn't really improve on that very much as a junior. So for me, he also fits in as part of that third tier. He's behind guys like Zach Evans and Sean Tucker, who we already talked about for me. Uh, on DLF right now, he is RB8. I would agree with that. I would also put him as my RB8 as well. Uh, Looking at his projected draft cap, he's just another dude that ends up in this huge clump of guys that are projected to go in the fourth round on day three of the NFL draft. He's got decent size, but he still falls short of that 30 BMI cutoff. He's six foot, 210 pounds. That's a little bit skinny for a full NFL workload. And he really did not test very well at the combine at all. He had a 4.5640, so that only gives him a speed score of 97.1, which is 53rd percentile, so middle of the road. And then his burst score was 30th percentile. So there's definitely some concerns there with his athleticism at the next level. I already talked a little bit about his production, but you know it is 
worthwhile to point out that he had one of the most impressive freshman years in recent memory. It was in the SEC. He exploded on the scene. He like beat out other four-star, five-star prospects to carve out that role. But then he really followed that up with some duds his sophomore and junior year. So I think the production metrics, actually, if you look on player profiler, the metrics are kind of screwed up right now. But, you know, he's kind of viewed as like a limited third down option, even though he did catch those those 30 passes last season. So a little contradictory there. But looking at the Lance Zerline grade right now, he's he's got the 6.2 from Lance Zerline on NFL.com. That's a pretty big plus for Bigsby. But, you know, the biggest miss, I think, in recent history that Lance Sterling had was Trey Sermon, who also had a 6.2. So will eventually be an average starter. Um, I That's my comp for him. You know, I'm going to say he's actually kind of like the Trey Sermon of this class. Like, he was at a big-time program, but he had inconsistent production. He's got that quote-unquote NFL frame, but his BMI doesn't really hit that 30 that we want. And then he's got like that less than what you hope for athleticism. So he actually ends up like less athletic than Sermon. And he's yeah, probably Sermon gonna... was a 83rd percentile burst. Exactly. Uh, so that was actually a, a big plus coming out for Sermon. And yeah, like you said, uh, Bigsby definitely uh, uh, ran like a like a tank out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Sermon had him on the the burst. I think Bixby had him on the 40. So, you know, net net. Right. Like the, the difference is, I think, most likely what we've seen out of Bixby because he didn't have that great production his sophomore, junior year. He's probably going to end up slipping into day three. Uh, I think he probably gets overdrafted because of the name recognition. And um, he's probably a guy I'm going to be lower on than consensus going into our rookie drafts. Yeah, you mentioned that name recognition, Trey. And honestly, like after we get through the top five or six here, I've been struggling and a lot of it has to do with exactly what you said. There's this glut of guys that are projected to go around the fourth round of the NFL draft. And, you know, let me add some context to that. What I think what that means is that NFL mocks also don't know what to do with these guys, right? They're kind of just throwing them in there in that mid range. And, and I think a lot of them will probably slip out of the fourth round. Maybe a couple of them will, you know, jump up into day two, but yeah, because of that glut, I did have tank Bigsby ranked around running back six. And it was mostly due to that freshman year and that name recognition that he garnered in Debbie circles due to that breakout uh, at Auburn. But you know, just kind of looking a little bit more closely at the athletic measurables, at the production profile, and at kind of his decaying production, I've definitely, you know, moved him down a bit and kind of got him pretty firmly behind Sean Tucker at this point. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Noah Hills earlier. He actually comped him statistically. He comped Tank Bigsby to uh, Kyron Williams from last year, which, uh, you know, he was slower than a slug at the combine. Like Bigsby wasn't that slow, but that is not a comp that you want to hear for any sort of statistical profile going into a rookie season. It, it just makes me wonder how something like that happens. How do you how do you peak as a freshman and then there was no injury, right? It was just there was not a reported injury, but I think there's like suspected was there like something lingering his sophomore year that he never really got over. But then the fact that his junior year was sort of split the difference, you know, I think that that's kind of a mark to say, okay, there's, there's something not quite right going on here. He's giving me Chuba Hubbard vibes. Chuba. 
Chuba Hubbard vibes. I mean, Chuba was fast though. He was a sprinter, you know. I I, I mean, I I don't know. I I think like it. it he he scares me. I I don't know. I I've I've definitely like I've, I've definitely been scared off from that name recognition, and and he's probably somebody I'm going to be looking to avoid. But again, like I think there's just so much to be determined by this NFL draft. Uh, all right. So I think we got one more guy formally to talk about here. We'll have a couple honorable mentions, but Roshan Johnson out of the University of Texas. So we started with a longhorn and we're ending with a longhorn, the quote unquote other guy in Bijan Robinson's backfield. And I, you know, I really wanted to take the lead on this guy. Like when we were prepping for this episode, I, I wanted to, you know, go after his evaluation because I have watched a lot of Roshan Johnson over the last four years. You know, he's weirdly been the subject of a lot of hype over the last few months in the dynasty streets. Like ever since the college season ended, like this other guy at Texas um, has been kind of a topic of conversation, you know, and player profiler actually ranks him right now as their number three running back in the class. So, you know, their player profiler, extremely reputable service. They they often give rankings that I feel give a pretty good edge to dynasty managers. So that's a big endorsement in and of itself for Roshan Johnson. So let's dive in here, right? Athletic measurables at the combine weighed in at six foot two twenty. He ran a four five eight and he jumped only thirty-one and a half inches in the Dear vertical. God. So that's <laughs> very extremely average speed and below average burst. So Production-wise, Roshan, he came to UT as a dual-threat quarterback, and he actually changed positions as a true freshman due to a lot of injuries at the position. So Keontae Ingram started off injured. That We also had a five-star recruit named Jordan Whittington at the time who came into the season injured. So, you know, Roshan Johnson was kind of thrusted into that role. And throughout his four years, he was kind of a complementary grinder back to what I would consider more talented and obviously more highly touted prospects. So as a freshman, he came in mostly as relief to the now Arizona Cardinal Keontae Ingram. And then the last three years, he was Bijan Robinson's water break runner. And what this means is that he topped out at UT, Roshan Johnson did, at 649 rushing yards as a freshman, and he was never able to kind of break above 570 yards rushing the rest of the way. Now, like I said, I've watched a lot of Roshan Johnson. I don't do like a whole lot of tape evaluation, but I felt, you know, like I could do a pretty thorough one of Roshan Johnson. And he was a dependable college running back who got a little bit more than was there against Big 12 defenses. But that's also like if you take into account that what was there was generally him running straight, right? And kind of running into his offensive line. And what was there, you know, if there were three yards there behind his offensive line, he got four yards. But a better running back would have seen a different lane and got six yards, right? So... I loved watching Roshan Johnson grind out those tough yards. Like, I think he was good at it, but I see very little in his game and much less in his athletic profile or his production profile to justify this hype he's getting by some in the Debbie and Dynasty space. Like, he's not fast and it shows on the field. Like, he does not reach top end speed. He does not have any burst in his cuts. Honestly, he doesn't really cut at all. And again, that shows on the field and it showed in his burst testing. 
that makes me believe that his ceiling outcome is Jamal Williams, right? He is a handcuff running back that you can feel decent about drafting, you know, maybe in the later part of the third round of your rookie draft. But let's not go crazy here, y'all. Like, he's nowhere close to the running back three in this class. Like, we need to, I, I think a lot of it is like, like the Lindell White effect or something like that. You know, like Lindell White had Reggie Bush and it was like, Lindell White is that other guy. But the thing is like Lindell White was actually pretty good at USC. Like Roshan Johnson, he's fine. As a Longhorn, I loved him. You know, credit to him, changing positions, et cetera. But like he's not that guy. And right now, Mock Draft Database has him, you know, along with the rest of that glut of running backs going in the fourth round. And I think high-end ceiling he goes in the fourth round i think he's one of the guys that's most likely to drop into the fifth sixth seventh yeah Tarek, the comps kind of spot on even if he becomes a vulture even if he becomes a jamal williams too like if you wanted to buy jamal williams last year all you had to pay was a, a third round pick yeah you know High third. So, so like it don't you don't need to draft roshan johnson if, if you ever want him for whatever goddamn reason you just pay a third then yeah yeah and and to that point mitch i think like he's so far down my board unfortunately uh sorry tark uh but he's like he's so far down that like i don't even know if i would think about him in the third round of a rookie draft like yeah yeah late third maybe early fourth of the the rookie draft i mean i've got five guys who we're not going to talk about today ranked above him so he's my rb14 in this class yeah, I have one, two, three, four guys ranked ahead of him that we did not uh, get a chance to talk about today. So, you know, love you, Roshan. Wish all the best for you, Hook'em Horns. But yeah, not, not running back three. Okay, so honorable mentions. There are a few guys like we just didn't have time to talk about. So I, I at least want us to get to a couple of these guys uh, before we close out the show. Uh, Trey, do you have someone? Yeah, so of those five guys uh, that I have above Rashawn Johnson that we aren't going to get to today, uh, Ty J Spears is my RB7 in this class. So I have him above Bixby, Miller, and Johnson. Uh, he's running back out of uh, Tulane, 5'10", 201 pounds, decent size. He actually has a 6.22 Lance Zerline grade. So that's pretty good. That's like projecting to be like an average starter uh, in one to two years in the NFL. He also had a very, very strong uh, production profile at Tulane, 31.3% college dominator to go with a 6.9 yards per carry. So he ran all over that non-Power 5 competition. The reason I really like him, though, is he had a great weekend at the Combine. He is top of this class in his burst score. He had a 39-inch vertical to go with a 10-foot, 5-inch broad jump. That is a Damn. better burst score than both Bijan Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. The guy is real bursty, and he could be a great value late in your rookie draft. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I also have Tajay Spears ranked highest among the guys we didn't talk about. He's currently my running back eight. Uh, so I right now have him right behind Tank Bigsby, but he's he's breathing on his neck for sure. Uh, the honorable mention I wanted to bring up is Israel or Izzy Aban Abani Kanda. Um, so this 
guy coming out of pit uh, as a junior. He led the ACC in rushing with over 1,400 yards, and that was with 1,800-plus all-purpose yards and 20 touchdowns. Uh, so first-team all-ACC. He actually had a 6.24 Lanzer line grade, which came in right behind Zach Evans as the fourth overall running back in this class. Um, so this is another guy who's kind of in that glut of projected fourth round picks. But I think it's somebody you got to pay attention to given the endorsement from Lance Zerline and given uh, that really, really great junior season uh, as a Pittsburgh Panther. All right. Uh, final guy. I actually I, I was going to close out the show here, but I do have to mention um, what's his face. Um, the the older guy that that ran fast. Uh, what's his name? Are you talking about Chase Brown? Yeah, Chase Brown out of Illinois, uh, so 23-year-old prospect, arguably had the best day of everybody at the Combine. Yes, he did. Uh, ran a blazing fast 4-4-3 at 209 pounds, so that gave him a speed score of 108.5, 89th percentile, and then a burst score of 131.5 in the 95th percentile. Again, uh, this is a 23-year-old. He was in college for five years, so... Um, a lot's going to tell us on draft day, like if we should be ranking this guy higher, uh, but he was worth mentioning just because of his big day uh, in Indianapolis. Damn it. You're right, dude. He did. He edged out Spears in burst score. So <laughs> Spears, there was, you go. Spears was number two to uh, Chase Brown. But uh, yeah, no, nah, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's actually ranked again. He's part of that clump in that fourth round. So all these guys are part of that big fourth round clump right now on, on mock draft database. So the mock draft community has no idea who's going to go round three, round four, round five, and uh, neither do we. But uh, yeah, I, I got Chase Brown right there with uh, Izzy at the moment. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Like if you can't tell right now, it's pretty hard to rank these guys for dynasty. Like I'm honestly like pretty happy. I am not currently in any leagues that are drafting before the NFL draft. Like I've kind of been a fan of that uh, in prior years. Uh, and one time I did do a startup before the NFL draft and it was very fun. But I feel like from from the running back perspective this year, I have no idea what is going to happen. So we need that draft capital input, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one guy I want to throw out there. I got one. Yeah, go for it. it. Um, the, the guy from Georgia. Um, oh, uh, Macintosh. Macintosh, yeah. Um, he didn't really do much extraordinarily well at the combine he was above average though i believe uh he had a pretty fast 40 no 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 it wasn't 4.62 never mind but uh he has <laughs> brevet jordan vibes he's a right he's there. a speedster um <laughs> he does have great hands and i, I just the georgia college kind of produces some decent nfl players so i'd say keep an eye on him draft cap will definitely help but he could be a running back too. He could be a third down back. Definitely a pass catcher. Yeah, Kenny McIntosh, yeah, with 43 receptions, over 500 yards in his senior season, 10.4% college target share, which hits that threshold we like to see. So definitely a guy to uh, keep your eye on. All right. Uh, so yeah, we, we were able to get through about 13 or 14 guys today. Um, it is a intriguing running back class i think it's it's there's a there's a lot of guys who could potentially end up as contributors to your dynasty rosters i think my overall impressions of the class are that it is a little bit small you know it's a little bit smaller yeah. from a bmi perspective than we'd hope to see you know after those combine measurements um but there's 
there's a lot here. And as we've mentioned many times, there's a lot of guys who are currently projected early day three. Some of those could slip into day two and they become a lot more interesting uh, in your rookie draft. So yeah, I mean, this is all in process. We'll keep our ears to the ground. And once we get that draft capital input, obviously we will keep everyone updated with our opinions on these running backs. But for now, we'll go ahead and end the show. Thanks everybody for sticking with us for episode 81. And we'll see y'all in two weeks to talk about the quarterbacks. Nice. Let's go. Bye. Gotta justify